Be the Good is all about people doing good in the world while following their passions, good for their own souls and for others. I'm Kate Cherichello, and welcome to today's episode. Let's spread a little more goodness in the world. So today's guest is Karen Stain, and I'm so excited to welcome her to Be the Good. She is coming at us all the way from South Africa, and Taryn and I connected through her podcast called I Hope I Get It, and I, as by the time this is released, you will be able to catch my podcast episode on all of your social channels and mine by that point as well. Uh, but anyway, Taryn is going to tell you more about her podcast as well as the many other things she does. It sounds like she's pretty darn nonstop. Uh, so Taryn, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you so much for having me, Kate. I'm so excited um, to chat to you. And I just love this platform that you that you've created I think it's so good you know the world is so full of um really really hard times and sad times um and so it's so nice to have something that is so positive and just spreads you know good news well thank you Taryn but right back at you and I would love to hear more about who you are and what you do in your own words please uh, well, I am, I'm an actress and a singer. I'm from Cape Town in South Africa. That's where I am right now. Um, like I said, I'm an actress and a singer. I also am the creator and the host of a podcast called I Hope I Get It. Um, it's a podcast where I get to share stories with fellow actors and fellow creatives all about our experiences in the audition room. Um, it's been, we're in our third season right now. Um, and it's just been such a wonderful opportunity for me to to grow my network, first of all, but also just to stay connected to my community. It's, you know, 2020 um, was hard. We were all stuck in our houses and there was no, the theaters were closed. Our film sets were closed. There was no, um, there was no way for us to be together as a community. Um, so I, that's when I decided to create the podcast just as a way to, stay creative myself, but also to feel like I was still um, part of my community and, and it's, it's kept me connected and has grown my network. And I've also learned some wonderful, wonderful lessons about, about the audition room, but also just about um, how, how I can approach my, my craft, my, this, this craft of acting that I do and how better to, to approach it. Wonderful. And Taryn, can you tell me more about your path to the place you are at now? And that's both as an actor, now podcast host, and I know that you're also a producer as well. Yeah, sure. I, I have always been on the stage. I think I did my first show when I was, my first professional show, I was four years old. And of course, then it's like, you're just a kid and everyone gives you attention and it's so great. Um, <laughs> and everyone thinks you're funny and it's just, and what kid doesn't love attention? I mean, I certainly do. And, um, and then I, I remember watching, um, there, was a, there was a variety show that they did in the UK called Hey Mr. Producer. And it was filmed and then it was broadcast here on TV in South Africa. And I want to say, I was maybe eight or nine and I'd always loved the movies and I'd always kind of liked being on stage. Um, but it was always, I, I, I didn't realize it was something that I could do like with my, like as a career with my life. And I remember watching this show 
just like, oh, look, you know, it's, uh, the show opens with the kids from Oliver singing Food, Glorious Food. And I was like, oh, this is so great. And then I will never forget, Bernadette Peters came out and she was wearing this red dress and her flaming red locks. And she walked out on stage and she sang unexpected song from Song and Dance. And I was like a person in a trance. I was like, whatever this woman is doing, like in my eight-year-old brain, I was like, I want to, I want to do that. She, the way that I feel, I want to, I always want to feel like this. Um, and I was, so whatever she's doing makes me feel like this. And so I want to do that. And that was also the first time that I was that show watching that show was the first time I was introduced to like proper musical theater. Um, because I got to see all these snippets from various shows that Cameron McIntosh had produced. Um, it was also the first time I heard Stephen Sondheim. And I remember watching them do You Could Drive a Person Crazy. And I think it was Millicent Martin and Maria Friedman and Leah Salonga. And I was like, I want to do this. Whatever they're doing with these chairs, I want to do this forever. And from then, I everything that I've ever done has always been like, how can I get onto the stage? How can I get onto the stage? And then um, I started training. Um, I think I must have been about 11 when I when my mother enrolled me at a in an after school program at a theater school, um, the Waterfront Theater School here in Cape Town. And every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., I was there like modern tap, ballet, jazz, drama, musical theater, um, and sometimes in the week after school. Um, and that, that became like my, I, I just, I gave up like having a normal social life on the weekends. I mean, I, and I did that all through, through, you know, through all the way till the end of high school, every Saturday. And then when I had finished high school, I then became a full-time student at the college. And it was just, it, and it's, you basically do your BFA in musical theater at the college. And it was, it was super intense. It was very intense. 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday to Friday. On a Saturday, I was getting my teaching degree as well. So I was teaching musical theater and drama on a Saturday. So for four years, at my craft, how, you know, um, I, 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 I take my craft very seriously and I take my, the work I do very seriously. I just learned so, so, so much in those four years of really intense training. It was like therapy every day. Um, but I mean, there were hard days. I won't lie. There were hard days and there were days when I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to do this. But something always brought me back to to that place of that feeling I had when I watched Bernadette's <laughs> unexpected song. That feeling still like it still bubbles within me. Um, and then, yeah, after college, I I worked in the industry in South Africa. And then I went to the U.S. and I worked um, for a year and a half in the U.S. And then I went and worked on a Disney cruise ship for four and a half years. So, um that was interesting. I worked in the entertainment department for for two and a half years. And then I spent two years. I was just like, I was done with entertainment. I just, I think I was just so, um, I think I was getting slightly disillusioned by everything. And everything was just, had done nothing but entertain for so long. 
and I felt like I was missing out on on other things and I was just like I just want to break from from entertainment captain's assistant and I I worked as the captain's assistant for two years and those two years were eye-opening for me because I learned so much not only about myself as a person but I learned that there is nothing I'm supposed to be doing but being a performer I'm not the type of person who can sit and work nine to five in an office. Um, I, I, yeah, it's, that's not, that's not, I'm, I'm just not built that way. I, I am built to tell. And then so, and I get to fulfill all of my curiosities by, by being an actor. So I left the ship and I came back to live on land and I have been back you know, performing full-time ever since. I've done lots of TV, um, done some film, and, of course, done my theater. And now I'm, you know, I'm seeing my own work because this is wonderful. My friend has this wonderful saying where she's like, don't, you know, don't wait, create. And so I have all these stories that are in me that I want, and, you know, I'm just going to do my own work. And so being the producer is how my podcast came to be. So... So that's where I am right now, and I'm I'm in the process of going back to live in the U.S. So um, yeah, it's exciting. There's lots happening. It's it's exhausting. Just wow, I'm exhausted just listening to myself. But um, it's very exciting um, doing everything. I'm yeah, I I definitely am someone who needs to be busy all the time. <laughs> so this is a great career for me. Fantastic. And it is amazing, right? Where performers, there's always that. It's it's never just one. It's never like I did A and then I did B and then I did C and right. that got me to D. <laughs> it's always just and here and here and here and here and here, but I loved it. And that's the key. I'll never forget somebody in high school once said, when I was in high school, a professional said, you know, if you can do anything else, do it. But if you need to perform, then that's where you are meant to be. Right. Because it really is. It's it's too hard. Right. It's too distressing. It's too much of an emotional roller coaster to choose it when you could happily do something else. But if you need it, then you you push through and, and you find that joy. Yeah. Very much. Hey, Taryn, uh, yeah. you mentioned that the podcast came during the pandemic and whatnot. Can you tell us a little bit more about, especially with your unique perspective of living in South Africa, because a lot of my viewers are U.S., um, maybe what that was like and also what you were doing right before the pandemic and then how you had to pivot and, you know, anything that you want to expand on in there. Sure. So before the pandemic, I was working on a TV show um, and everything just stopped. It, 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 I, I can't even describe everything. Just one day we went to work and the next day, we didn't, and then the country was shut down, and that's it. That was the end of it. Um, so that was that was like a like a body blow because I when you're someone who's like go 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 all the time, and suddenly it's like stop. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, I have no hobbies. I don't. What am I doing? I have all this time, and and I don't know what to do. Um, and it was hard in South Africa, particularly because, I mean, our theaters were closing. And then while we were in our, our lockdown period, our lockdown period lasted a lot longer than other countries. I mean, we had different stages. You know, stage five was like everything shut down. Then we had a stage four and things were slightly, you know, starting to open again. 
and then we'd go back to, you know, we'd go to stage three and then go back to stage four um, because our cases would surge. Um, so, so that was difficult. And it's, and one of the casualties of this pandemic was that one of our theaters closed permanently and won't open again. And that was hard because that was one of the theaters where it was, it was a special place because they were really doing new stuff. And that was, they weren't kind of redoing the same um, shows that we kind of get every, every year, every two years, the same show comes to town. Um, but it's, you know, in South Africa, we don't have as many theaters as they do in the U S we don't have a big regional theater um, culture like they do in the U S we have, you know, maybe three, four main cities where the show will go maybe two sometimes where a big show will travel to if it tours. Um, and so to lose a theater that is doing new work, that was hard. That, that was, that was hard for the industry. And that was hard because a lot of people um, were connected and, you know, for work to that, to that theater. So that was hard for the industry. Um, and we, you know, we do a lot of international films here as well. And just because of the cases and, and travel bans and things like that, a lot of international productions couldn't, couldn't come and, and do their job here. I was, I was supposed to do a, I think a commercial for a, for a company in Iceland and it was postponed and postponed and postponed. And then eventually, well, it just didn't happen because they couldn't, you know, the team couldn't get here to do it. So that, that was hard. Um, you know, slow, South Africa is opening up again slowly. Our film sets are opening up again. Our theatres are open. Um, but I just feel like, well, like, to be honest, I feel like South Africa doesn't really have, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like South Africa definitely doesn't have the culture of theatre that they have in the U.S. Where, um, yeah, which is, for me, that's that's sad, you know. People only go and see a really big show because they know The Sound of Music, for example. Um, and they don't really go and see a new show written by a new writer, you know. Um, so it's hard. It's It's been, it's been difficult. Um, but South Africans are very resilient people and very hardworking people. And um, we have found a way to make it work. I mean, I did a a play that we then filmed and we could stream it, you know? So um, it was like a mini movie, but the way we had done it was like, there was no like 10 takes. It was, it was filmed as if it was a play from beginning to end. And that's what we um, presented. And people have done comedy shows, um, which they, they've sat in their, you know, in their living room and filmed a comedy show and people have bought tickets to see that. So that's been, that's that's been great. Um, you know, things are slowly opening up again, and I hope that our theatres will open up again soon, safely, you know, as safe as we can. Absolutely. Do you know if there's any uh, anything on the schedule so far? Like, do you have a tour coming? Do you have a theatre, like, with a date, or is it still all we're waiting? It's it's all still we're waiting. There were shows that's that it. were supposed to, you know, big shows that were supposed to happen yeah. last year that everything's in limbo right now, but particularly with the theaters, everything's in limbo. Our, our film mm. sets are there, you know, they're up and running again. So, and there's okay. very strict COVID protocols in place for those. Yeah. Um, but the theaters, yeah, it's just very much up in the air with, with, with a lot of them. Gotcha. Well, you are doing such good 
by spreading, you know, the, these stories and helping actors know that they're not alone in the process of auditioning and so on and so on here. Do you have any stories of, because of course this is all about people doing good in the world, the stories of people who've listened to your podcast, who have gotten something wonderful out of it, or for you yourself through creating this podcast, those moments, I like to call them good news moments. Oh yeah. I, um, initially I was like, only my mom will listen to this podcast. (laughs) And then, um, I had friends who, who are not in any way, shape or form linked to the entertainment industry at all. Um, and one, one friend in particular, um, she's, she's a nurse and she messaged me and she was like, Oh, I love the podcast. And I, you know, I was like, Oh, thank you so much for the support. And then she said to me, um, she she listens to it on her when she goes for her walk and she was saying so much of what my guests were saying about how they prepare for an audition or how they deal with the rejection aspect of the audition she was like it it makes her feel prepared for going for just a job interview or into a social setting um and i suddenly went oh do you know this this podcast is for me, I was like, it's a way to just connect with my with my community, but it's definitely it's definitely reached beyond the the entertainment community. I've had friends who are school teachers who are saying the things that the guests are talking about um, they can apply to themselves um, and they feel and they feel like they're learning as well. And so for me, that's I just wanted to foster a space where that was safe and a space that people were inspired and people were entertained at the same time. And to have friends who who really are not in entertainment at all take something away from that, I feel like then my, you know, job done. So I, I, I feel really good about that. Um, but also being doing this podcast has connected me with people who I would never have connected with, like like you, for example. Um, you know, this this is such a great connection to have, and um, for, you know, to to not only just to network, but to 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 learn from each other and to to share our stories and um, to really to build a new community that is not only actors in South Africa or only actors in New York, but to, to, to build, to build on that and to, to expand that. Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up how the podcast isn't just for actors. It does span industries because like you said, everybody goes on job interviews. And I know from talking to friends who aren't performers, it stresses them out so much because there's like one job interview or three job interviews for one position. And then you're in that position for years. And then you maybe have job interviews again, whereas we're being interviewed every day and sometimes multiple times a day. And we're writing cover letters every day and we're getting rejected every day. So it is, it is such a great resource for actors, but also people who aren't in that industry, but are going through careers And also just to get an idea that it's not all the glamour and glitz of the Tony Awards and being in Hamilton. You know, the majority of it is running around a city in non-pandemic times and showing up at this audition, waiting in a room with 300 people who all kind of look like you and then going in and like trying to stand out. And then 30 seconds later, you're 
out of the room and you're on to something else and you never hear from them again. If you do, it's like one in a hundred. <laughs> and yeah, that's, it, it is very, yeah. very multifaceted and complex whole industry. Hey, Taryn, my last question for you. Oh, I'm sorry. I think there was a delay there. I didn't mean to cut you off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My last question for you is, is there any mantra saying quote you find yourself telling yourself, especially through this last year uh, in the pandemic as a performer that you'd like to share with us? Oh, um, the one thing that the first thing that came, I'm going to tell you the first thing that came to mind. Um, The first thing that came to mind is what is meant for me will find me. I, um, I I truly, truly, truly believe that I, you know, the past year I've done a lot of self-reflection and a lot of workshops where I get to kind of make peace with with my artistic demons and things like that. Um, and, and I, and accepting not who only who I am as an artist, but who I am as a person and to make peace of the fact that whatever is meant for me will find me. So, and it, it'll be, it'll find me at exactly the right time. And, and that has helped me to not panic about things and to not, be anxious because I'm someone who's incredibly anxious. I'm, su- I'm such a Capricorn where I'm like, I, I need to know, I need to have order and I need to know everything. Um, and I need to know when it's happening and what time and how long. Um, but to have this kind of just relax, what is meant for you will find you um, has helped me not only when it comes to my next gig, but also just in life. What if, I'm, I'm exactly where I need to be at this very moment. I'm exactly speaking to you is exactly where I'm meant to be right now, <laughs> you know? So, so I feel like that's definitely brought a sense of, of peace. So yeah, what's meant for me will find me. I also do have this saying where I'm always like, if you want something you've never had, you have to do things you've never done. And so that enables me to take, to take a risk um, and to take a chance. And, um, and I like that. I like, I like the sense of risk. I'm an actor. So I do like a sense of risk. Because we have to take risks every day, right? To survive like this. Correct. Oh, those were fantastic. And how needed, especially with the chaos of the past year and a half to hear, to hear that too. So thank you. Taryn, how can we find you online and follow you and listen to the podcast? Oh, yes. Um, the podcast, uh, you can listen to the podcast on any, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, anywhere you find your podcast. I hope I get it. It'll be right there. We are on Instagram at hope I get it pod. Um, I'm on Instagram at Taryn Stain and the podcast is also on Facebook and on Twitter. You can just type in hope I get it podcast. Um, you, and you can find us there. Fantastic. And those will all be in the show notes, of course. And I realized for people listening who aren't in the world of musical theater, want to tell us what I Hope I Get It is a reference to and what it's from? <laughs> yes, I hope 
I get it is from the opening number of the musical A Chorus Line, where <laughs> all these actors, dancers, performers put themselves on the line and say, God, I hope I get it. I hope I get this job. <laughs> exactly. Thank you so much, Taryn. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. Thanks so much for listening to Be The Good with Kate Cherichello. Whether you're listening on YouTube or via podcast, it would mean the world if you'd like, subscribe, and or left a review. You heard about the good? Now go out and be the good in your life this week. If you have stories of good news that need to be shared, please send me a message. Thanks again and have a great week.